So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swor, and today we have a really cool guest with us, guys. I'm really excited to dive in more about um, what all uh, – so her name is Janice Anderson, and guys, she's she has one of the coolest companies out – one of the coolest names for a company out there called Guts, <laughs> and what that stands for is the Georgia Ultra Racing and Trail Running Society. Uh, it's been around since – it's a nonprofit. It's been around since 2004. And they have some really cool races. We just had a, uh, our, one, of our, one of our team members and her husband go up there and race it. They had a blast of a time. And guys, we're super excited. They're on a really cool mission. So um, Janice, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good. So uh, this past weekend, nice weather. You had the Helen back race. I remember when we, when we first, uh, when I first moved to Georgia, and uh, I moved to Atlanta and people kept t- talking about this hell and back race. I was very confused. I was like, what, what word are you <laughs> saying right now? Are you saying hell and back or hell and back? Or they're like, no, it's Helen, like Helen, Georgia and back. I'm like, I don't get it. But, <laughs> but now that I've lived here, I get it. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the brilliant name that the, uh, the founders of it came up with Helen back because you know, there's a little bit of hell in the race, having to go up a lot of big hills. The marathoners go up to Trey Mountain, Trey Gap. Mm-hmm. So, but you come back. So you leave, but you come back to the finish. Um, so it's a really, it's a tough race, but it's really beautiful. Um, and this year was a great, great event. We had great weather. We had over three hundred runners. So um, three hundred really runners. Event. Yeah, man. How many? Yeah, we had three distances. Have? So uh, typically our races um, are a little smaller because we're bound by um, usually that we're at state parks, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually can't have quite that many entrants, but uh, at mm-hmm. Helen, we're we're on a piece of private property for the start finish, and mm-hmm. so we have a more open amount of people that can run. And we have three distances, so we have a short five k, a half, and a full marathon. Yeah, so, and it's all trail running, right? Races. Like it's a marathon. All trail, trail running. running. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All trail running. So. How did this come about? Like, what was the reasoning behind starting Guts, and and what um. Like, cause I think it's very different. Like I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of patients who have, they've never run a true like marathon before, or at least a true marathon distance on concrete, right. Or on pavement. Um, they've gone from like, maybe like a half can, they're like, all right, this running thing is pretty cool. And then they just jump straight into ultra running. Uh, but they do it in like via like trail running. Uh, they don't go like full, like onto the pavement or anything like that. So how did you, so it's, it's a cool concept. A lot of runners enjoy it. So how did you kind of come across or how did you come to founding uh, and becoming the president of guts? 
So back in the early 2000s, myself and a few of my friends did a lot of trail running. And we ran a lot at Kennesaw Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to encourage more people to try it because I have very few acquaintances that really ran trails. Everybody yeah. ran roads, um, not a lot of trail races out there, not a lot of trail activities. So um, kind of came up with the name one day when I was up on the AT on a train and run. I was like, hey, how about Georgia Ultra Running and Trail Running Society, which would stand for guts because getting yeah. guts to get out on the trail. So the name kind of spurred me on to go ahead and form the group, which would allow us to have a cohesive group of people to put races on and also mm-hmm. to get insurance for the races and just have a group of people to move forward with it. So our whole idea was that we wanted to encourage and promote trail running and long distance running. Yeah. And we started with just a couple races and um, now we have eight most years and Mm -hmm. uh, we have in the past had about 500 club members. So we've grown to from maybe 50 that first year to 500 and something in our bigger years. Man. So then what, what classifies as like an ultra run? So like uh, when I thought when I, when I first got introduced to ultra running, I thought that it was a uh, hundred mile races, but Matthew, Matthew run uh, quickly told me like, no, no, no. It's, I think he said, it's anything that's over a marathon distance is technically considered ultra running. Is that's that correct? the traditional definition is if it's over a marathon, it's an ultra marathon. So you might see some out there that are 27 mile events. Mm-hmm. And so they qualify as an ultra. Um, but there can be anything from that to now there's, you know, 250 mile runs and 48 hour and 72 hour. So yeah. there's all kinds of distances, but anything beyond the marathon is considered an ultra. Gotcha. Okay. And then with the, with trail running, what kind of like, so did you just gravitate towards doing more trail running than road running? And you're like, this is, this is way better. I, I ju- enjoy this more, or I feel better when I do this. Like what was the motivation behind that? Um, I do enjoy the trail running more. I like being in the woods and away from cars and that, yeah. that sort of thing, especially off here the in Atlanta. pavement, especially here in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but you know, at first we, we did have a couple, um, races that were a little bit on road. We had mm-hmm. one road race and then we had one that was kind of a cross between the two. So, um, we've done both, but now, you know, we're pretty much all trail running. So I feel like the ultra running community is just a really fun group in general though. So like it kind of is on brand for you guys to have like these super fun names. Like I feel like any ultra runner could point me to like the closest brewery with the best IPAs. Uh, any brewer, any, any ultra runner could point me to like the, their favorite tattoo artist. They could, they could tell me what their favorite beard oil is. Like it's, it's a very fun group I feel like. And, and everyone's just like very happy to include others in, in the community. It's not like a lot of these other sports where I feel like you can almost have a little bit of like, uh, sticking your nose up to the newbies in the group and everything. It feels very inclusive uh, of your group of 500. Do you feel like that's something that you guys have been able to cultivate pretty well, or am I totally off the mark with that? No, I think that's true. I think um, it's more of a atmosphere of you're just hanging out with friends and um, you know, it's like going back to camp and getting out into nature. And so I just find it is more inclusive and it's more relaxed mm-hmm. Um and people aren't out there to race each other necessarily, but maybe to share the experience of being out there, the experience of finishing a long race. So, yeah, I think that the members that we have and the races that we have have 
really had that kind of inclusive environment. Yeah. What, what do you think it is about running that, that brings that out people? Cause there's a plenty of other sports. Like, I mean, one that comes to my mind right out of the gates is like volleyball, for example, like beach volleyball in particular. Like if you're not at a certain skill level, they don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, you know, go somewhere, go somewhere else. Right. Like, I guess I get it to some degree, but like, um, what do you, what do you think it is about running that makes it like such an inclusive sport, especially ultra running? Uh, I think in part because you can run a race and you can do great. And your best friend, he can, he can run the same race and he can be ahead of you and you can both be happy that you did your best and ran the race. You can both win, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's not like some sports where to win, you have to actually um, cause your opponent to lose. Mm. You have to do things to make them fail. Yeah. Uh, running is kind of a, a, I think a sport where, everybody can do their best. Therefore, everybody can have a win. And yeah. so it's an atmosphere where you don't have to necessarily be first to experience a win for you. Yep. And so I think it makes it where it's more relaxed and it's more where you can just, you know, be happy for everybody and not yeah. necessarily try to make other people lose. That's awesome. I, I totally agree. And I think like, um, you know, sometimes half the battle is just like getting through a race, right. Especially some of these bigger distances that you guys are, that you guys are doing. Like, uh, I think I saw like the, the fat ass races of 50 K I think is what I saw was on there. We have uh, a 50 K and then we do have a half ass, um, this 25 K. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, do you guys do any like, um, so, um, we were talking a little bit about this show and, or a little bit before we started recording. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, I kind of feel it in the, in the PT space too. Like uh, you, you've done a great job of building this community and um, building these races and, and this, uh, and this society. Um, but then race day comes and you gotta be running the freaking timers and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you get to get out and you said you get to try to run at least one of y'all's races is, do you, is it once a year that you're racing or do you try to run in like, on a quarterly event or what's like a, what's a good race season for you? Um, well, I try to run one of our, one of our races a year, but usually I end up volunteering for the other ones, but personally, yeah, yeah I run multiple races a year. Um, yeah. I usually do maybe six or eight, mm -hmm. maybe one marathon. Um, but I really like to get out and do new courses, go, I like to travel. So for me, it's a great excuse to travel yeah. And get yeah. out and go places I haven't been and see things I haven't seen. So, um, but it's also a great thing to go back home and see old friends or, you know, yep. go to North Georgia and see friends. So it's, it's a way to see people and a way to see places. I have so one, I totally agree. Uh, one, I've got so many patients who scheduled their vacations around their races, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if Claire's listening to this, uh, she's, she's rolling her eyes because I feel like, like every vacation they take is surrounded by one of uh, like her runs or Matthew's runs, you know? Right. And um, there's that. But then I think one of the best times to run is when you're in kind of like a new city or a new place on vacation. It's a fun way to like kind of explore. You don't really feel like you're like, you know, working out necessarily kind of just like getting out and enjoying your time because your vacation is your, your me time. Right. And right. Um, as long as you're one of those people that like to work out on vacation, like, man, running is a great way to do that. It's um, a great way to explore wherever you are. For sure. Except don't run on a treadmill, man. I tell you what I was, uh, I just got back from this trip and we were, so we were in Hawaii and we were on this like 
you know, it's beautiful out there. We're on this amazing island and this awesome resort. And like all the treadmills, I went to the gym and get a quick workout in. And like all the treadmills being used by people running on the treadmills. Like, what are you guys doing? You could just be outside running on this right now. You don't have to be inside running. What about you? Do you train on treadmills at all? Or do you try to get outside as much as possible? Thankfully, I no longer have access to the treadmill. So I have not <laughs> been on one in probably four or five years. The treadmill. I love that. Treadmill, you know, yeah. I, I feel like for an ultra runner or trail runner in particular, the treadmill or the treadmill, it would be like equivalent to like a cyclist getting on like a trainer and just busting out miles on a trainer. Like that would just have to feel so monotonous for someone like you um, who's trained for a long time now with, you know, dodging roots or going through these beautiful like parks or like uh, getting out and breathing some fresh air, right. Versus just over and over again on a treadmill staring at, I, I think one of the worst things is a TV screen in front of a treadmill. I can't handle that. I like, it makes me like motion sick almost to like <laughs> stare at a screen that close to my face as I'm trying to go up and down on this treadmill. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I can see, um, using it for certain purposes. Like if you have access, it's good to train on hiking and inclines and yeah. if, it's, if it's stormy or something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like it very much i have the last time i used one i did have a great view because they were in front of these big plate glass windows and you could oh, stare nice. out at downtown atlanta um yeah. so that wasn't too bad but um yeah yeah they if i could avoid point. it at all i don't i don't use the treadmill yeah they definitely serve a purpose right like i mean there's a reason for them for sure yeah. Yeah. um so then how did you get so all right so um i like to run i run for just general like enjoyment i would probably say i'm hitting man somewhere between like 10 and 20 miles a week. It's literally just go out, get a quick run in and, and be done. Like my long distance, if I hit five miles, that's a long distance for me. I'm typically in like the three mile range. Right. Um, so, uh, but I think, so I've ran a couple of half K's or I mean a half marathons. Um, but I really have no interest in running like a full, but I do think I'd have some interest in running like an ultra or like a, or, um, or like a trail race that goes a little bit farther than that. Right. So like what, um, what's some of the like, general advice that you guys typically give people for somebody who's new to new to the ultra world? Um, well, my basic advice would be if you, if you can run a marathon, you can certainly run an ultra. Yeah. And especially if you, if you run an ultra, that's a little bit hilly and incorporate some hiking, especially along the natural lines of the course where you're going up big hills or hills mm-hmm. and you take some breaks at aid stations you can really extend what you've done in training on race day. Mm-hmm. So I've always been kind of um, not low mileage, but n- I don't run super far on my longest run. So I think I would tell people that, you know, if you can do a 15 to 20 miler, you could probably do an ultra. Okay. Okay. And then, so with ultra and trail running, um, one of the things that we focus with, so we've got, um, we've got a guy on our, on our team. He does a ton of running. Like I've helped a ton. Of, we've all helped a ton of runners in our practice. We see one of the missing links, especially for trail runners where there are a bunch of Hills and you're going into a bunch of inclines and all these other things. Um, strength training seems to be a little lacking in the running community. And it makes sense where, um, our time is super precious. We don't have a lot of time on our, for ourselves. Right. Uh, and the, and the daily, in our day-to-day grind. So when we do make that time for ourselves, we want to do what we want to do, right? Like we want right. to do what we enjoy and runners surprising or not 
uh, or surprisingly don't like to be confined into a training room and, <laughs> and lift weights repeatedly. Right. Uh, right. they want to get out and run just like a weight, just like a weightlifter doesn't want to get out and like get their heart rate up. <laughs> you know, they want to pick heavy weight up. Um, so do you incorporate, uh, um, in any of your guys' programming, do you guys write programming for people or do you do any strength training yourself or how do you guys try to fit with all your high mileage that you do into, in a, in a, to get prepared for an ultra race? How do you kind of sneak that strength training in? That was a lot of questions. Um, so I, I do actually, I coach people. So the people that I coach and then for myself, I recommend doing at least a few days a week of basic basic strength training. So I don't, I don't get into specifics of lifting weights, um, and that, that type of thing, but at least doing, um, body weight. So things yeah. like sit-ups and push-ups and planks and especially various exercises to keep your core and your hips strong. Cause the biggest, um, the biggest area of injury I see in runners, long, longer distance runners typically is something in the hip area, the hip and the glutes, yeah. because as we are running and running and running and running, you've got the forward movement and the, the muscles on the backside of the body don't get as much attention. And so they tend to get much tighter and less strong versus say your quads and so I, I do try to encourage everybody I coach to do some amount of either yoga or basic core work or anything they can do to strengthen that area, because typically you're not going to get that from running. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree to that. I see that a lot. And then especially with like trail runners, um, I'll see that they're like feet and Achilles tendons start pop or start flaring up on them, um, which kind of makes sense. Like when you're running at an incline, um, you, you just have to have a lot more what's called dorsiflexion in your foot where your toes right. get pulled up towards your, towards your nose, right? Or that shin angle kind of closes down. Um, and these Achilles tendons get kind of blown up. Uh, so yeah, I think like hips in particular, we do, we see a lot of hips. We see, I mean, really it's just about anything with the low, with the lower extremity, right? Hips, knees, um, from the hips and knees typically kind of go hand in hand together. Um, and then you got that, that Achilles tendon foot and foot complex there that kind of get real tired and worn out. So, yeah. uh, what's the longest race you've ever done? Um, I did it 24 hour, um, a year or two ago. That was the longest I did. See those types of races blow my mind. 24 hours of nonstop movement, essentially. Correct. Pretty, yeah, definitely. So it was a one mile loop that was paved. Um, and so, yeah, you just ran around for 24 hours crazy so then what how do you re how do you prepare for a race like that like um so um, what you got i had not really even i've been running ultras um since 89 mm -hmm. an og uh, ultra runner <laughs> yeah uh and i have i've run lots of hundred milers but i had not really done the 24 hour until the year of covid and there yeah. wasn't there wasn't a lot to do and there were a couple 24 hours and I felt like it was something I could do during the COVID period because I could self completely self, um, take care of myself. I didn't have to use the aid station. I had my own little setup and yeah. I could completely take care of myself and I wouldn't have to intermix with the aid station or people. Anyway, it just, at the time it felt safer. Yeah. So, um, to train for it, I had done a couple crazy challenges yeah. Um, running challenges. So there was one that my, 
I did with my brother. And um, I mean, there were a lot of people, there were several hundred people in the challenge where you tried to see how fast you could do 380 miles. I think it was. Okay. 380 Um, miles, 380 and you can include walking. So I got real competitive with my brother. (laughs) I didn't want him to beat me. And uh, I think I did it in 14 days or I think it was 14 days. So 27 or 28 miles a day. Um, So that was my first thing I did. That was like a lot of distance. And then we did a a 24 hour um, up in Dahlonega. And then I did a couple of really long things like that. So I did a couple challenges and I did a 24 hour and an eight hour. And those all kind of built up to this other 24 hour. And I ended up running 112 miles. Oh my gosh. Um, And I think all those other really long things help build up to that. Because I mean, how do you train to run 24 hours? You, you know, you do some doubles as far as you run twice in a day and you just do some of this really long mileage. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I was surprised how well my body held up for 24 hours. That's crazy. So like, how, and did you feel like you needed like some time to recover from that or from, or did you feel like you had your, your uh, capacity built up pretty well from training that you bounced back pretty quick? I actually bounced back pretty quick. It, it took a week or so to really get the tightness out and that sort of thing, sure. but it was as quick as any, anything else I have done from the ultra perspective. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. like, um, so then what's typically like when you're doing a, when you're doing an ultra run or an ultra run. And this can be like from your experience or what you see when you volunteer at like the guts races, uh, what's some of like the biggest challenges or hurdles that you see people have to cross when, uh, running some of these larger distances, is it, um, you know, nutrition, is it pacing? Is it just mental toughness? Uh, I mean, what, what do you typically see happens with some of these races here? Um, what would you give some warnings to some of the people uh, who are interested in like thinking about running some of these longer distances? Yeah. You know, I think for some of the, what I would call it shorter ultras, you know, mm-hmm. so 50, 50 K, which is 31 miles. Um, it's similar to the marathon. I think on those, it's more about pacing. Like maybe people go out a little too hard and then they kind of struggle at the end to keep their pace up. Um, but then as the distance gets longer, I, t- I think I see more people having trouble say with nutrition in their stomachs mm. and that making it harder for them to keep going. And then, yep. a, and definitely the mental aspect. So when you get into races where you're running through the night and missing sleep and you just get more and more factors that come into play, the yeah. longer you're out there, the more things that could go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that tends to be the issue with the longer and longer races is you have more and more things you need to think about and you have more and more things that could happen during the course of say 24 hours or 30 hours. And, um, you have to think through those ahead of time. You kind of have to just make a plan for what you're going to do aid station to aid station and what you're going to do if something goes wrong and kind of preconceive of how to deal with things, I think is the way that people, can best address that, um, to try to mentally prepare themselves for how to react so that in the heat of the moment, they don't just melt down. They kind of have, they have a plan in the back of their mind that this is what I should do. If I don't feel good, this is what I should do. If uh, my leg starts to hurt, this is what I should do. If I feel sleepy, 
just all the different things that you might experience, you can, you can actually plan for them to some extent. I didn't even think about feeling sleepy. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're running for 24 hours, like you're going to feel sleepy <laughs> when you're running. Oh, you, you definitely can't. I mean, you might not, but you, you definitely can. And I've definitely seen people have that problem. Yeah. Like I bet you people like, I'm, I'm sure there's stories out there. People are like, yeah, I think I fell asleep and I was running on that 24 hour race there. I had that happen before. Really? Oh my gosh. Explain that to me. How's that phenomenon feel? It was terrible. I mean, it was so weird. Um, I was running a hundred miler and, um, it's like 1am or something like that in the middle of the night. And I was running with somebody and all of a sudden I just, I don't know. I woke up and I was on the ground. Oh, you actually I, fell over. Yeah. I'm sure. I, yeah. I fell asleep and fell down. Um, and I broke my arm. And oh my so gosh. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, and I don't, I mean, I remember I was feeling sleepy, but I didn't think that I was just gonna, you know, fall asleep, man. That's insane. So then, so then what you, you, you finished the race. (laughs) I did actually wrap up, wrap up my arm and kind of strapped it to my chest a little bit. And then runners, man, cut from a different cloth, cut from a different cloth for sure. Especially we have lost like a lot of brain cells and therefore we do crazy things. <laughs> and, and because of that, the finish line, I feel like it's just such always a fun event. Like uh, it's just, it just feel like one big party when you get down, which is like, kind of like you get down, you get that high being able to finish the race on top of everything else. Like, what do you guys, do you guys do anything special for the ends of race or for like that finish line? Or what's some of your favorite parts about when you finish, when you get done with the race? That could be your personal experience or guts experiences. Yeah. So like this past weekend at Helenbach was great with um, the great weather. We had a bluegrass band that was just awesome playing some great music. Nice. Um, we had a, a food tent serving up some hot food for everybody. And then Tantrum Brewing was there serving their beer. Um, and then we ha- we rented a giant tent that people could sit under and watch the other runners come in um, to the finish line. So just made it really easy for people to hang out, have something to eat and drink, something to listen to, give them plenty yeah. of time to tell their war stories of the race. <laughs> uh, and we kind of do, we're trying to do something like that for Pine Mountain. So Pine Mountain is a race we have in December okay. down, um, down near Pine Mountain, Georgia. Okay. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, same sort of thing. We have a big open area where the finish line is and um, we plan to have some food and drink and lots of area for people to hang out and chat and be with their friends, man. So if somebody wanted to learn more about that race, uh, that you have coming up or any of y'all's races would be some good contact points for them. So the best easiest one is our website is getguts.com. Okay. So our website has guts.com. Yeah. G E T G U T S.com. Okay. And, um, that has all the basic information about our races, as well as our weekly, we do a weekly training run. And um, if we do special training runs every now and then that'll be out there on the website. We also have a Facebook group so people can find us on Facebook Mm -hmm. and uh, we try to post up-to-date information there as well. So people can check us out there. Isn't that crazy, man? People always ask like, a lot of times I'll ask that question or I'll ask this question at the end of the podcast, be like, what's the best way to reach out to you? Like, man, just, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> you can, they can also do that. We also have Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, that, that's another way to do it. Yeah. It's all just like get guts. Is that, is that what all your handles are or. Um, I think, yeah. Instagram is get guts. 
Um, I don't remember the Twitter one. Sorry, but <laughs> that's okay. We'll reach out to you on DM via IG. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh man. What, who was it? It was a, uh, Oh, so my, I have a sister who's 15, 16 and uh, she was telling me that um, nobody exchanges. If a guy comes up and tries to ask for a number, he's a weirdo. Cause nobody asks for numbers anymore. It's always like, uh, what's your Snapchat? That's, that's what, all, oh, the, really? that's what all the cool <laughs> kids are on these days. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need to start giving people out my Snapchat info and then they can get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Janice, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's really cool. So guts, they, they do, a, you guys do a ton of really awesome races. Um, it's really fun. I know Claire and Matthew were both super excited about it. And just the fact that it's just another way for, uh, wh- whatever, whatever your main modality of fitness is, um, you guys are doing a really good way of allowing people to kind of get introduced to the ultra running and the trail running world. So I really appreciate all the hard work you do. And, um, I appreciate your time coming on the show as well. well yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope I hope some people out there get out on the trail and try it out. Oh my gosh, guys, get out and do it. Get some more information at getguts.com. And uh, Janice, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.